Yeah, it's this uh, word that is uh, featured in the New Testament. It's a Greek word. And it's this idea of whenever a group of people meet together to worship God. Uh, and uh, it was always referred to as the church. Uh, the church as a word didn't really become a little bit more corporate to the fourth century. But um, this group of idea of meeting together. And uh, they didn't necessarily have buildings, but they, they met together in the temple courts. They praised together and then they met in homes and they ate together. And that was the idea of the church. And uh, it's, a, it's really, really important that you understand that, that to be planted in a local church was scriptural. Uh, but let me read you four uh, Bible passages back to back, and I might get you to be a little bit interactive in this, but uh, uh, if you go with me, the first one's from Romans 12, 3 to 5. Uh, For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think with yourself through sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and every member belongs to each other. Everybody say belongs. Turn to the person beside you and say, you belong to me. (laughs) Others, others, others. We belong to each other. Galatians 6, uh, 9 to 10 says this, Let us not become weary in doing good, for in the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Everybody say belong. Everybody belong to the family of believers. Uh, and then we have a couple of Psalms. I love the book of Psalms, Psalm 68, 5 to 6, great verses. It said this, Father to the fatherless, defender of the widows, is God in his holy dwelling. And the key word here is that when God comes along, he sets us into spiritual community. He, he puts us into this idea of his family. And God sets the lonely in families. He leads forth with prisoners with singing. And then the last first one it says from Psalm 92, it says, the righteous will flourish like palm tree. They will grow like the cedars of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. And they will still bear fruit fruit even in old age, and they will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. Um, it's kind of interesting when we, when we look at the church, what the church looks like, because everybody's got a slightly different idea of what church looks like. And in our country, uh, depending on how you were raised, what you came up in, you will have a lot of ideas about church and churchmanship. You'll also have a lot of theological baggage that comes along with some of that sometimes, which we spend a long time having to restructure and reorganize, having done that first in May, of course. But the Bible teaches the value of being in a local church. And why is that important? Well, the local church is the only organization in the world that was set up for the benefit of its, not for its members. Let me say that again. The local church was set up for the benefit of non-members. But the problem is we end up talking about what church means to us. The church actually was established for local, local outreach and uh, a local front. And it's really important that you belong to a spiritual community. Now, I, I want to I set something right because um, we often, and I see it a lot in churches, and, and this creates a problem uh, further down the line, is we often refer to the church as our family. We talk about the family of believers or the, the church family. Um, we made a decision a few years ago as an eldership not to do that anymore. Uh, and there's a reason for that. We refer to this as our church community, the ecclesia. That's what you are, this, this word comes from. But there's a problem because if you've got a good family, then you'll probably come to church and it'll be okay. But if you grew up in a really 
bad family or a difficult set of circumstances. What happens is you come in here expecting this community to give you what you should have received in your family. And, and if you didn't have a good relationship with your dad, then you can make Thomas or me your dad. And what happens is you project all your stuff on me. And I don't, you know, I have people that sometimes never even broken breath to you and they're just angry at me. And you're like, why? What did I ever do in you? Well, it's because when you come in here, you expect something from a family that perhaps you didn't get at home. And then you come here and guess what happens? Northern Ireland is full of people who used to belong to a church, who used to belong to Ecclesia. And yes, I'm not saying that some churches haven't hurt. We, we hurt. We, we do it regularly, but sometimes people come with an expectation of a family and then when they don't get it, then they get upset. And it is important that when I'm referring to local church, I'm talking about our church community. You see, Ethan and Aaron and Rachel are my family and you are my community that I choose to worship God with or you choose to worship with each other. And as the Bible says, we belong to each other. You know, you can't, you can't go along and go, well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like that Thomas boy. Like, I, I, he, he's, he, he shouldn't be here. He should just go. And the moment we begin to think like that, we, we lose ourselves. Um, another thing, just before I get into this, um, is that, that the, this idea of belonging. Um, we've always had this policy that creates this problem, its own problems in itself, that you can come to this church no matter your lifestyle and belong in this community. You, you, that door is open for anybody who can come here. And you can belong and be in, in the most darkness, the most sinful situation, and not even a believer. You're more than welcome to come to our church. Uh, the line does get crossed a little bit whenever you step into any form of volunteering or leadership. The moment you come across a line, well, then there's a biblical expectation or a higher standard that, that, that I think the Bible and the Lord sets in us that a higher calling comes into being. Um, and we make the line, not the door of the church, we make the line a leadership or volunteering within the church. And that, that, that has its own problems because the ecclesia comes together, which, and we maybe should use the Anglican understanding of this, which is a parish. This idea that, that all of this area is our parish and it all belongs to the Lord and everybody in it is his. Uh, and it depends how you've, you've come along to understand that ecclesia. But I, I want to go in a little bit about, well, when we come along and you come into journey, what is it that you belong to? What is it that you're belonging for? What is it you want to get out of it? But that's the wrong question. The question you should be asking is, how am I serving the local community through this body that is Journey Community Church? Shane Claiborne in his book said this, I think that what the world is desperately looking for is lovers of people who build deep and genuine relationship with fellow strugglers, fellow strugglers along the way and who actually know the faces of the people behind the issues that they are concerned about. It was the Holy Spirit that commissioned and started the local church. And it's a key relationship because it's the Holy Spirit that commissioned it and it's him who builds it. And he, we, he just happens to include us along the way. And most people don't become what God is calling them to become without other people. Let me say it again. You can't become all that God's called you to be without other people in the fellowship that you're with. And this idea, this church, the ecclesia, many people, the gathering, was, was established on the day of Pentecost by the Holy Spirit. And why? Well, because it's established because the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. 
There's something happens when we get together corporately that you can't get from online. You can't get from listening to worship on YouTube. You can't have a virtual, uh, virtual relationship with church, with a virtual pastor, with virtually nobody in your life. That's not what the church was meant to be. The church was this place that inhabits the praises of its people. And when we get together corporately, something begins to happen. There's something about sitting in here that you can't get online. There was something that during COVID, when we were in lockdown, that was just that difficult thing. I, I only realized how much I missed laying on of hands when I went to Reading in January and 15 people laid hands on me because, of course, uh, over in Bethel, at, uh, uh, COVID doesn't exist. And, uh, and they lay hands on you. And uh, I was like, oh, oh, I've missed this. I've missed the, the laying on of hands. I've missed this thing where, where by the laying on of hands that something happens. And there's something in coming together corporately that we're meant to do. And the Holy Spirit brought it into being on the day of Pentecost to, to inhabit the praises of his people. And you need to make a decision to be, to be a member of a local church. Um, the world is full of people who, who've been to local church and got upset and disappeared off. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more today. But every time you see the word church in the New Testament, it always referred to a local visible congregation. The New Testament always assumed membership of a local fellowship. And the only, Christ, the only Christians that weren't involved in the local church that the Bible talks about were the fellowship, were the people that were being put out of fellowship because of gross public sin. A Christian without a local church is like an organ without a body, a sheep without a, a flock, and a child without a family. You, you, you will you will flap about aimlessly all by yourself. And the problem today is we've got rampant individualism. And, and, and the problem with rampant individualism is it's creating a society of orphans. Because if you don't have a family and you don't belong to something, you will feel orphan-like. Therefore, you will then always struggle in this place where, where an individualism and isolationism creates spiritual orphans. And Christians who go to church from church to church without identity, without accountability, and without commitment. And we see that regularly across the board, especially today and, and after, after COVID. So many think it's perfectly good and effective Christian without being part of a local church. In fact, Northern Ireland, uh, in a statistic carried out a couple of years back by the Evangelical Alliance, discovered that there was people who professed more faith that were in Northern Ireland than attend at church. We've got more Christians who don't come to a fellowship in Northern Ireland than we do of people who are actually in fellowship in church. So, so they profess Christianity, but they do it without a fellowship group. I, I, and I want to say to you that I don't think that's what, what God intended. In fact, I'm going to suggest to you that God st strongly disagrees with that thought, thought pattern. Christians are meant to be part of a, a local church. And I tell you, God strongly disagrees with any argument, and I biblically will show you that. You see, disconnected parts will eventually shrivel up and die, and so will you. Cut yourself off from local fellowship and your spiritual life will wither and eventually cease to exist. Whether you become careless about fellowship or in the beginning to slide, membership of a local church isn't, isn't a choice. When you become a Christian, it's a commandment of, of the Lord. Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And we're called to do the same. Sadly, many Christians use the church but don't love it. Let me say that again. Many Christians use the church but don't love it. And when you change when you choose to engage with Journey Community Church as your local church, well then, that's what this series is a little bit about. It's about what is it that we believe here and why we form the belief 
uh, that uh, we do. Now, this is a sermon that some of you have been here for a while, may have heard before, but it is important when new folks come and uh, we are growing exponentially in, in our church in Antrim and also here. It's great to see some new people around and, uh, and, and, and we're praying for growth and as a strategy, we want to do that. Let me give you a little bit of update just on the building. Um, yeah, we have the deposit now. It's a bit complex because there's a, a, a license involved down in that building and the building is linked to the license and the license to the building. Uh, he's trying to sell the license separate from the building because as much as I would really like that, it's probably not good for a church to own a license, um, but that's where we're at right now. So there's, there's a few legal things that we just have to, have to jump through. Also to know that we are committed here under a lease agreement until next March. So the further we kick that down the road, the less it will cost us. But keep praying about that. We will, in the next uh, probably couple of weeks, we'll, we'll get an opportunity where maybe it's a Friday afternoon or at some point where you can all come down and take a look around it if you haven't been in that building. Honestly, it is fantastic. It's, it, you know, if you kind of look at it and go, only the Lord would set this up. And if you hear the story of how, how this even came into being, you would just know how God's hand's been on this probably for 30 years. It's just a fascinating, fascinating story. Anyway, well, another just uh, dates her diary. Um, this hasn't been released publicly yet, but you should probably uh, pencil off the 11th to the 14th of August. Okay, I'll just give you that date now when you're here. Um, I'll, I'll tell you why next week, but uh, you should be very excited, okay? Uh, firstly, um, let, me, let me tell you what we believe here at Journey whenever, whenever, whenever you belong to Journey. First of all, we're reformed in our theology. We're reformed in our theology. Well, what do I mean when I say that? Well, um, back in the 15th century, there was the church in itself had got itself into a little bit of a pickle. The Catholic church was the, mostly in Europe, was the state church. It was the church that you belonged to. But it uh, probably had lost its way. We, we had a whole bunch of things that, that, that had kind of taken this church uh, away. And we had a few priests that decided that they didn't like where that was going. And we had what was called the Reformation. Well, what did that mean? Well, theologically, uh, some of these priests discovered that their relationship with God was very different as to how the church was playing it out. And uh, God moved across the world at that time, and there was this Reformation. Well, what did the, the Reformation uh, do? Well, the, the Luther's and others' problem were this. Uh, they were Bible-believing, Spirit-filled, Spirit-led, born-again Christians who were saved by grace through faith alone in Christ. Uh, what I mean when I say it's a better way to say that we believe as a church that you need to have an encounter with the living God, that you need to repent of your sin, because we've got sin that we need to repent of. And that making that decision, you choose Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and that you accept that he's the only way to the Father, and that he died and rose again for you, and that by you surrendering to that position, you actually have a relationship with the Lord. You then invite the Holy Spirit into your life, and it's the Holy Spirit who transforms us and continually is transforming us through a relational uh, element as we walk with, with God within church. Um, but sometimes our theological patterns will get ourselves into a whole bunch of uh, nothingness. Um, I've probably learned over the years that most theological opinions I don't hold too tightly anymore um, because God has this awful habit of coming along and going, yeah, you think that's what you believe, but that's not actually what I'm telling. And uh, this has happened so whole lightly to theological platform. But what is important and what you'll find here is that, 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 that you need an encounter with, with the living God. After that, to be truthful, I don't care much. I really don't. I think it's important that you have an understanding of who the Lord is. But our job here as a church is to help you uh, along in your relationship with God, which is why you'll often not get exegetical teaching from the frontier. Now, we will do that. We may do that next month. What do I mean by that? Well, we'll not just get a Bible passage and teach you it for the sake of teaching it. 
Why? Because we want you to be disciples. Um, you know, if, if, uh, if a six-month-old baby came in here and you feed it, have any ever fed a six-month-old baby just coming on the solids and you, you, you take a spoon of some mashed-up vegetables or something else, whatever it is, and you kind of do that. Open your mouth, here comes the airplane, and then it goes. Well, you see, if you treat the church like that, then what are you, six months old? I want you reading your Bible, walking with God, doing your own Bible study, having your own relationship with God. Why? Because that's your job to become a, a fully devoted follower of Jesus, a disciple. And the problem is that if you come here expecting me to feed you, well, then you're in problem. Someone, someone came to me uh, a couple of years back and, and they came to Antrim Church and they said, um, yeah, I wasn't getting fed at my previous church. And I says, well, you may leave here too because you're not going to get fed here either. What are you, six months old? You know, our job is to establish you theologically in sound mind, is to move you out of a place of, of, of earliness in, in your faith into a much more deeper uh, maturity. So when, you, when we teach here, we tend to teach, teach through um, expository, which is much more of how do I live my life Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? How do we take scripture, apply it to our lives in order to help us serve the community, do what we do in our own lives Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday? Now, we do Bible study, of course we do, but we encourage you to do your own Bible study. Can I say, if you're not studying your own Bible, and, and it's amazing how many Christians I speak to who never, ever open the page of a Bible. You need to be reading the Word. Men, when you go to the toilet, don't read the, don't read the spray, okay? You know the air freshener? And you're bored? You know, you, women, it's a secret. Men know exactly what I'm talking about. And here's a funny thing, probably some of you women do it too. There's a great opportunity Every day, if you're a man. Every two days, if you're a woman. Just take out your Bible and read. Discipline yourself. But you should be doing that. And the problem is, for so much, we want along to come, we worship God, but we don't actually get to know him. It's important that you read the word of God every day. And we have to build a healthy theology in our church. Why? Because our theology has to be built around not becoming legal, legalistic. And the problem is, as well, in many churches, is that, that we have this compromise between legalism and, and righteousness, over the ability to have God's grace and flourish in the kingdom. You get an opportunity to come in here and make every mistake. Uh, but there is a calling in our lives that we're meant to continually in sanctification to grow. And it's important that theologically that we understand the context of that. So we're formed, we are reformed in our theology. You need to know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. And you will get every opportunity if you come here for that to happen. But also, you need to be the person equipped to take that to our community. And we work together with the Holy Spirit to lead us into that. We're co-workers with Christ in building his church. And that means that when the Holy Spirit's in us, he gives us the gifts and the strength to do that. Do you know the gifts that God gives us is for him to build his church, not to build you? It's really important. And a good theology helps us stay close to the truth of God. The problem in a world is that truth has become so abstract. The scriptures help us understand truth. It helps us understand what God's calling us to be. And it helps us to uh, understand a healthy theology to keep us healthy on the inside. We, if we only have theology, though, we'll become boring and dry. How many, how many of you ever been to a church service where it was just theologically taught? Usually by someone who was very gray and very boring. And, and, and if we just have the word, and it's all word, we, we will dry up. So... Number two, we're charismatic with our philosophy. Well, what do I mean when I say that? Well, let me tell you, be straight off, we're, char we're a charismatic church. Now, here's the problem. Uh, some of us don't like that word. 
because it means a whole bunch of things to different people. We're not charismaniacs. Well, some of us are, okay? But, but we, tend, we tend to avoid this thing. But what do I mean when we're charismatic? Well, this word is kind of weird because when you're charismatics in a world that, that a lot of weirdness happens, well, if we swing away from our theological patterns away over here, all we live for is the Spirit of God. Now, to be honest with you, that's quite enjoyable. It's a good place to live, but it's actually not biblical. It's not what the Lord's called us to. So the theology keeps us away from strange, weird things in, in, in the spiritual realm. And I can tell you, having been around the charismatic world for a very long time, there are some strange things out there. Sometimes it's the Lord, sometimes it's not. But you know what I've discovered? The Lord said to me one time, if we quench anything, we kill everything. Let me say it again. If we quench anything, we kill everything. That's why sometimes you can be here and the craziness of the craziness can happen. I remember our first opening commission service. Sharon's shaking her head. And uh, we were here. The place was packed. Everybody came. And I'm like the Bethel team where I'm like, guys, we just need to go a wee bit easy tonight. Let's, let's not scare the bejeebas at anybody. Oh, no. Wasn't a Bethel person. Oh, no. <laughs> Lord had, had us all. Sharon was on the floor doing what Sharon does best. Groaning in the spirit. Why? Well, because sometimes God sets us up. And it is important that you understand that that's what we believe. Why? Well, because a theology by itself without the Spirit of God is dry. But you need the Spirit of God to bring the theology alive in order that we know who Christ is. And it is important that we will always pursue the presence of Jesus. We will always pursue his presence. So when you come along here, I don't care whether they're up here playing out of tune with spoons. If the presence of God is here, we get a win. And our worship isn't about slick and tidy, though we do want excellence and we want to do that well. It is also about the presence of God. Why? Because uh, I think you heard this the last couple of weeks, it's important to camp around the presence of Lord in church and we have that. It stops us from being self-absorbed. And uh, what happens is sometimes is that whenever we only chase the things of the Spirit, we can end up down a road where we become hyper-spiritual. We end up living in, it's what I call Narninian thinking. All right? We can end up going through the wardrobe, putting our furry coats on and having a conversation with Mr. Tumnus. And that's a real nice place to visit. But the reality of the world is that we're called to this earth and that bad things do happen here, but we're called to make a difference in the earth. And I hear people, uh, you know, heaven is my home. It's not. Let me just be really clear. Heaven's not your home. Do you know that one day heaven's going to come from wherever it is right now down to the earth? And that Christ is going to revisit the earth again in one last move. And he's going to bring this new Jerusalem, the city of heaven, down to the earth and establish a new heaven and a new earth. Did you know that? And he's going to establish this place, the city of heaven, which you can read about in Revelations. It's got gold streets and, and gems and all sorts of things. And in there is the leaders of heaven and the earth. And you will go in there day and night, morning, noon and night, and they will be worshiping God. But it's our job to continually bring the presence of God to earth. That's the heaven when Jesus spoke about it. The heaven, heaven is at hand. And it is important that you understand that when our job is this, is to take the things of the spirit that he gives you and use those gifts. There's only one gift that's there to build you up, the gift of tongues. We absolutely believe in the gifts of tongues here. And everybody gets themselves into a whole bunch of spiral twisted things when it comes to tongues. But I'll say this, and I've said it before. You think you're going to speak English whenever Christ returns? Whenever you get into that place of glory, you think you're going to speak English. English actually was a curse. Uh, languages were a curse because of the Tower of Babel. 
And God gives us a language that is our prayer language. And when we speak in tongues, we pray to God because it edifies us. Every other gift that God gives is to build this church. Why? That's what prophecy's for. Then what do we do? Well, we love to prophesy to each other. But when have you prophesied to somebody in Tesco's? You're giggling. Do it regularly. It's the best fun ever. You know, uh, prophesy. Go have a go. What word of knowledge for someone scares the life out of them. It's great fun. And, uh, and, and, and why do we do that? Well, because we absolutely believe the Spirit of God is here to transform the world. Without the Spirit of God transforming, we will become passionless, motivationless, and, and we, we will just lose vision. It's the Spirit of God that puts the fire inside us. That's why, that's why Corinthians said, make sure you fan the fire within you, fan the flames within you. And uh, we want to see God's amazing power work in our towns, our communities, and actually uh, in Ireland. Uh, and, and we pray passionately for that. Why? Well, because that's what God asks us to do. We can't do this without the Spirit of God. And then we talk regularly here about Christophanies. Christophanies happen when we come together as, as the Ecclesia. I, I've been in meetings where the presence of Jesus was so tangible. You're just worshiping God. You're lost in that place. Thunder, you know, thunder and, and, and awe. And, and, and it's it just the Spirit of God moves and Jesus walks by. It's called a Christophany. You very rarely get a Christophany by yourself in your bedroom. I'm not saying it's not possible. You know, and history has proved that that happens. But they tend to happen corporately. That's why the Bible says when two or three are gathered together, so is, so is, so is God. It's important that we come together as the church. It's important that we understand who the Holy Spirit is today. He's here to build the church. Thirdly and finally, we're missional in our approach. It's important that, that if we start with the church, the mission will get lost. This church never started to be a church. I mean, when I planted the church way back in the day, it was never about planting the church. In fact, it was really scary to think about being a pastor of a church. And as you know this, I'm not really cut from the pastor's branch. I'm still not sure I am, but that's okay because God in his, his sovereignty and his glory has, has, has managed to grow that. But if you start with the church, the mission will get lost. What did we start with? We started with the mission. People who had a passion for this community, a passion to see this, the lost one for Christ, for this area to be rejuvenated and regenerated. And that's actually what I believe we're meant to do. We're meant to be town, city, and country transformers. That's the mission of God, which is why when people say to me, well, why, why, why do you spend all that money doing those Easter eggs or giving out those chocolate bars? Um, I, I, well, because, one, first, because we can. Secondly, it comes to this idea of Acts 2. Good deeds, giving out chocolate bars and Easter eggs and taking care of our community, leads to goodwill. And I can tell you, I've said this before, this local, local council think we are the bomb. <laughs> And, uh, you know, they asked us for, the, for help for them. Whenever COVID came through, it was us that was ready to go. And, and, and that's the way it should be. We should be having an influence. I, I see complaints on those Facebook pages all the time. Eh, the local council never do anything for us. And the bins are always full. I'm like, no, get out and empty the bin yourself. Go and become a transformer. I love, I love when I go over to Reading. They have a school over there, 3,000 students. And one of the things that on a Thursday they have what's called City Surf. Uh, some of the students, about 300 of them, do what's called trash, uh, trash serving. And you know what their job is? They go around all of the city and they empty all the bins. They just clean up all the bins, do it every week. And you'll come along, driving into the city of Reading and along the side of the grass bank, you'll see all the students out, strimming, cutting the hedges, 
uh, taking care of the plants, growing plants, and you'll see them serving all around, so much so that the local government didn't need to pay contractors to come in and do it anymore. The church is now doing that. I, I absolutely love that. Why? Because the church actually, for the first thing, is on mission, and you transform it. One of the other things that they did was they were about to pay off four policemen. It's a bit different to hear, but four policemen out of the 14 they had were about to be paid off. The church raised over, I think it was three quarters of a million dollars to continually pay for the people. Why? Because the church that complains about its community becomes a problem, not the solution. We're meant to be the solution. That's why we will continually do what we do, faithfully showing up, blessing our local community. And it is different around here. There's no doubt about it. The way that it's set up down here, we have lots of little villages and towns within a 20-mile radius. And we've targeted down Patrick over the last lot of years, but actually our strategy is going to change. Why? Well, because from what I've discovered is there's not many people in this room today who actually live in Downpatrick. You all live in the little villages out and about. And actually, I think the Lord's asking us to go, to, to go further, to the highways and byways, which is why in a few weeks' time we're, we're going to go to Cumber. And we're just going to have a, have a day where we... Where, sorry, cross car. Cumber will come, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm Antrim. Give me, give me grace. Uh, but it's this mission that we go out continually blessing. Why? Well, because after a while, you begin to talk to people. I was talking to a new person this morning that was coming here. I'm like, hey, what brought, God, God called me here. And when God brings this group of people together, the Ecclesia, to serve a community, there's a reason for doing it. He brought you here. Why? Some of you had all sorts of backgrounds and journey. And I always say, this place is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. But God's called us to mission. He's called us to transform this community, and you have to be part of it. It's part, you can't just come to this church and sit and take. If that's you, 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 you need to come and find Thomas here, and he will give you a job. Furthermore, if you really want a job, go find Heather. Heather will really give you a job, okay? And, and, and you need to be serving. And that means coffee or unwelcome or whatever. Get yourself part of it. Give yourself a mission. And, and, and the other thing that's really important as a church People perish without vision. You need to get yourself your own mission. I, I have a mission. My, my mission's you. My, my mission's to build church. My, my mission is to bring the kingdom of heaven to Ireland. That's my mission. I, I, God gave me that a long time ago. You might not be able to do my mission, but one thing I do know is I can't do yours, nor do I really want to, and I mean that with the greatest respect. But if you don't have a mission, personally, that can come into this place and add to what we're doing... now. We might say no. I had someone came to me one time and said, hey, John, I really believe we, we, we should be going after, like, the whales. I says, what do you mean, the country whales? He says, no, no, the whales that live in the sea. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, whales are dying all the time, and Japan are trawling them, and they're killing them, and, and all the rest. And I'm kind of going, do, do you know, I, I agree with you. I, I love the idea of what you're doing, but that's not going to happen in our church. And that may be a vision and a mission that you have, and God bless you as you do it, but that's not going to be part of what our mission of our church is. Why? Well, because the moment you say that from the front, lots of people would leave because they think, what the heck is a church coming to? Because that's not our mission. But you need a mission. And if that means, you know, going after the whales, make it your mission. And if you do that unto the Lord, there's something in calling to do that. You've got to find a mission. If you don't have a mission inside of you, and I don't care what that looks like, go find one you will flourish, or you will not flourish. You will shrivel up and die. 
And God is calling us into a deeper mission. We've got a mission of the church, but you're a, you're a body and you've got to bring your mission to this place. I love it when people, I had somebody came to me and one of the things we were talking about in staff one day was we'd really love a mums and tots. There's, seriously, if you go to Antrim these days, it's just baby bump and baby sitting service all over the place. There's babies coming out of the walls and uh, I don't know, it's all a, all a lag off of COVID, I think. But anyway, it's a, uh, Honestly, there's babies everywhere at the minute and, and we have to knock a wall down in our new building because the room isn't big enough to hold all the babies anymore. And the, the four-year-olds that are in with the babies are ready to, they're losing the will to live. And uh, the leaders who are looking after them are also losing the will to live. It's, uh, it's just get a bit crazy. So um, why was I talking about that for? Mums and tots, yes, excellent. Shelly, a girl who been, used to come to Journey, she'd stopped going for a while, came back, Preached this sermon two weeks ago in Antrim and she came in, She kicked in our door on a Sunday afternoon when I was trying to get a nap after preaching that morning. So if you ever come to our house between 2 o'clock and 4.30 on a Sunday afternoon, just don't, okay? Yeah, nobody will open the door to you. And, uh, and uh, Shelley came and says, John, I, I, I'm committing to church. I'm, I'm going to do this. And uh, she, she was a childminder. She had her own service. She picked up kids after school. She'd been doing this for a long time. And she says, the Lord's told me to start Mums and Tots. And I'm going, praise the Lamb. Now, when are you going to start? She said, well, let's go for September. We're going to do it on Wednesday. I should run around telling everybody and all the people. And I said, well, don't be getting into trouble with other churches because there's quite a few other mums and tots around churches and they all kind of seem to move around them all. So we've got a Wednesday when there's nothing else on. And she's just got this mission. And I've never seen anybody come alive in like two weeks. And every time she came in, she was at you know, church. She was at Antrim Church last week at half eight. Right, I'm here to serve. What do you want me to do? I'm like, I don't really know. Go find Asman. Go, you know, go ask somebody else to do but what I love was, was she suddenly had this new vision inside of her and her mums and tots. And it serves the church. It's, now we've got a whole new level of outreach going on within our church. That's your job. I, I, I won't ever be running a mums and tots, just so you know, all right? Mums and tots are going, thank the lamb. But do you see what I'm trying to say? But if God drops a mums and tots on you, well, then get passionate about it. Come and get involved and do it. Just don't take it. Find a mission. And corporately as a church, we, we, we will teach healthy theology and help you grow in the kingdom of God. We will always go after the presence of Jesus and his spirit. And we will always be looking for a way where, where we will be on mission, no matter what we do. Uh, uh, someone recently said, I, I really feel the Lord's called me to politics in Northern Ireland. Whew. I was like, okay, I'm going to pray for you, but you're on your own. <laughs> And, uh, and, and yet God has definitely put this in the heart of this guy. And you go, okay, that's what I love. If God gives you a vision, go after it. Because even though he's in here, he will get encouraged, built up, blessed. The kingdom of God will be on him. If he's going up to Stormont to make a difference, may the Lord have mercy on his soul. But the truth is, that's not me, but that is him. You've got to find a mission. And we collectively come together. And when we have 100 people all on mission, what do you think happens to the church? It comes alive. And people look at you and go, holy smoke, that person's so alive for the power of God. And they're happy and they're contented and they're motivated and, they're vi- and they've got vision. Without vision, people perish. I, I want to I I say this to you. I, I, I love the commitment in this place, but here's the truth. We're small and colloquial. It's, it's not a bad thing. It's just that when, when people start coming, we don't like it very much. And I remember when we jumped between 125 in Antrim to about 250, it happened in a very short period of time. And we lost people who were in the original 125. They, they, they left. And when I asked them, why are you leaving? Well, it's just too big. 
It's, uh, it's not, it's not, it's not, doesn't feel like family anymore. And we have to shift our adaptation in this. We have to understand that God's called us to grow. And this isn't about numbers. I love what Bill says, Bill Johnson. I'd rather grow a big people than a big church. And that's our calling, and that's what God's asked to do. Josh and Mark, come on back up again. I, I want to say this. If, if this is your local church and you're committed to it, I want you just to commit into it. Make a decision. And you can't commit it by half. I don't think the scriptures give us any way out. They, 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 it doesn't give us any way out. If you commit, you fully commit. You have to get yourself involved. That's a mission. That's, that's time. That's sacrifice. And, and, and more importantly, that's paying the bills together. And it is important that you do that. that, that you, and honestly, uh, what I love, um, for about, I think we're going here about just over, f- maybe coming up on four years, five years. And um, up to this point, uh, Antrim has had to financially shore the place up, which is, there's no problem with that. But probably in the last month, the balance has begun to change. You're beginning to stand on your own two feet, get your own team, Things are happening. I love when something appears on Facebook that I know nothing about down here. I genuinely love it. I'm like, oh my goodness. Something's, something's, something's running by itself now without, without me needing to be here. And there's something about watching your kids grow up, so to speak, and eventually send them on to stand their own two feet. You know what we do sometimes? We, we don't like that as parents. Oh, they're growing up too quickly. I want to keep them. No, no, in our case, it's like, get, get out the door. And why? Well, because when you teach them to grow and stand on their own two feet, they flourish. And there's something about a church that begins to flourish becomes very attractional. It becomes very exciting. And you're at a point right now, I really believe genuinely, with a new building and God shoring us up, and only God, we're in the point where I really believe we will begin to see huge amounts of people coming, people getting filled with the Spirit of God, and God begin to transform this community. We've spent years sowing seeds, just keep sowing seeds. We serve egg drops, chocolate bars. Not everybody likes their chocolate bars. There's one guy every single year. Uh, unblocks us, sends us a message, and then blocks us again. You don't like anybody. And uh, keep your propaganda to yourself. Say, <laughs> like, well, you don't have to eat the chocolate. Give it to that kid. And... Uh, but it's this idea where if that's the only person complaining, I think we're doing okay. Why? Because you ask people out there, and I bumped into a person in Micro one day, and they saw me wearing a yellow journey bib, and they said, uh, oh, you you part of Journey Church in Down Patrick? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I go there. She's like, honestly, that's like the best church for Down Patrick. Like, you guys do things like that, but you're so weird. Like, what are you? Jehovah's Witnesses? And I'm like, no, no, we're a Christian church. We do that. He says, oh, really, are you? Well, you don't look like any Christians I know. Yes, yes, <laughs> breakthrough. And he says, honestly, thank you so much for all you do. I said, should come sometime. Oh no, I'm not sure about that Christianity thing. <laughs> but you know what, love? Goodwill, goodwill. Good deeds, goodwill. And, and on the day of Pentecost, as they poured out the Spirit of God, it said that they, they shared their possessions with each other. They, they found favor in the community. And 3,000 people were added to them daily. What happened if 3,000 people came here? <laughs> it won't be a bother anyway. Even the new building, I'm not sure you can handle that. But think about that. Imagine 3,000 3, people joining your church in one day. Every day. <sighs> yeah, here we are. 
hasn't given you a vision, I want you to stand. Come on, let's stand together. I'm going to pray for you this morning that you grab hold of a vision, that God, God would drop something in your heart today, that God would just radically drop something so deep in you that you would grab a vision. That some way, some way, I mean, if that's, that's theological or teaching, you want to share the word with people, that's great. Go do it. If you want to preach here, come and talk to me. That doesn't mean to say you're going to get to preach here, okay? But if, you, if you've got a passion for it, come and talk to us. If, if, if God's asked you to go, you know, you want to, you want to get more of the things of the Spirit, well, we've got a prayer ministry team here. They'll pray for you, the Bible says, by laying on of hands and fill the Holy Spirit. You want to speak in tongues? You want to get filled with the Spirit? You want to prophesy? Well, there's a team here, and it's not about them, but when they lay hands on you, the Spirit of God leaves them and goes into you. That's biblical. And you get filled with the Spirit of God. And sometimes people fall over, they shake, they cry. Maybe you've never even met Jesus, and you have no idea what that looks like. Well, this morning, maybe you just need to go, hey, you know what, I don't even know who this Jesus is, who you're talking about. I would really like to get to know him. Well, come and chat to some of these folks. What I really want you to grab hold of today is a mission. Find a mission for yourself. I don't mean, you know, don't don't do a small mission. You know, I'll go changing toilet rolls in the in, in the toilets once a month. That's, that's you know, that's great to do, but that's not the mission that God's called you to. Find something that floats your boat. Figure out something that gets you out of bed in the morning. Something that you're passionate about, something that you just go, yes, this is I'm going after this. The Lord for it. Talk to Heather. Go talk to Heather. Heather's found a mission lately and is growing in her and is burning in her and is passionate about it. And you just watch it flourish and grow. But you need to find a mission, otherwise you'll perish. But Father, I just pray for the mission of our church, God. Lord, that as we corporate